You're listening to the Mining for Mayhem podcast, and you can find me, the phenomenal one, AJ, over at Backseat Bookers. Too sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You're here with myself, BJ. Unfortunately, Seth is away this week in a massive event down in Melbourne. But don't fear, I'm not alone. I am so excited for tonight because tonight, joining me on Mining for Mayhem, we have the Queen of Queens, the Queen of Brain Buster Radio. We have the Queen of NE. Welcome, Queen. How are you? <laughs> oh my God, that was fabulous. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't need to laugh when I heard that music, and I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> I'm so good. How are you? I'm fantastic. The queendom where Brain Buster bows down. <laughs> well, we it. out here, you know. <laughs> you are the queen of all podcasting. There's oh. no one that stands up to you. Oh, stop it. You're making me blush over here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, I mean, if you want to keep complimenting, I won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. Not true at all, but I am so psyched to be talking with you today. Thank you for having me. That's my absolute pleasure. How has your week been? Oh my God, it has been a week, honey. <laughs> Let me tell you, it has been a week. A little busy, a little crazy, got a lot of stuff going on, but it's the weekend, so I'm much better. <laughs> oh yeah, I know the feeling because I don't work <laughs> weekends, I have weekdays usually it's either seven in the morning till four or right. i do one in the afternoon till about 10 at night mm-hmm. monday to friday and then obviously with one of our staff members away um sick i picked up an extra shift tonight and i've not long just got home before this recording and i'm just apparently i'm a cranky bum because it's come on we need to be out by 9 30 hurry up being the boss and all i boss everyone around and i love every minute of it and no, you <laughs> let's have fun and do our jobs, but still obviously do it properly. I'm the chill one, but tonight it was I've got an important interview at 10 o'clock. We need to be out by 9 30. Hurry up. And I'm just like, oh my god, you're so cranky, man. Like, yep. <laughs> you're like, yes. <laughs> you're like, oh. I got things to do, honey. I'm not normally here on the weekend. I understand. Oh, yeah. Weekend I mean, work that's... is not the most fun. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was worth it getting paid something like double time and a half. So I'm not <laughs> saying no to that. Of course. That's always good. We need our money. Oh, yeah. But it may have been a busy week, but that hasn't stopped me trying to keep up with as much wrestling as I could. Have yes. you been keeping up with it? I've been trying. It's been a struggle, but I've been trying. Um, it's been a, a lot of things happening, lots of stuff going on. 
Um, there's shows happening tonight for GCW. There's shows last night. There's shows everywhere. And I'm like trying to do my best to watch everything, but it ain't easy. It ain't easy. How about yeah. you? Able to get anything? <laughs> um, I've managed to watch. What was I watching the other day? I watched a bit of the, or I think it was the first third of AAA or first half of AAA in New York. Mm-hmm. Was it AAA or CMLL? To be honest, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> All I know is it's the Mexican promotion that teams up with Impact. And then I think it's AAA. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's AAA. It gets so confusing because you've it got really does. AEW with CMLL, AAA with Impact, then you've got Ring of Honor with New Japan, and then you've got WWE doing its own thing, being all, I'm better, I'm better than everyone else. We're not making deals. You're with me and me only. Ugh. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Um, so this week we had our big debut on the USA Network. We had the debut of NXT. Oh, we did. How was that <laughs> for you? You know, I was a little nervous about it. You know, I've been talking about it, obviously, we all have for, for a while now. As we're making this transition, I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be two hours. Like, I'm a little nervous about that. The format will be different. And then they were like, oh, it's going to be one hour on USA and then one hour on the network. And I thought that was kind of silly. So I'm like, well, why would I switch over? You're going to have to, like, you know, entice people to switch over, right? Like, okay. Yeah. And, like, I know that um, USA has programming on right after, which is why they're doing it. But to me, I was just like, oh, that's kind of strange and a little weird. But whatever. Um, I was disappointed because the network had so many issues that so many of us couldn't watch it. Yeah. So, like, we were trying to watch it, right? And then it would cut out or shut off or it would log you off. Or kick you out or something like that. And I was like, oh, well, then I guess I'm not <laughs> watching the second hour, which is basically where I'm still at right now. I've only been able to watch pieces. Um, the first hour in USA, I thought, you know, it was pretty good. The women's match was an absolute banger. That was cool. Um, and I thought Roddy versus the Dream was cool, but it wasn't like their best match ever. Um, but, you know, now Undisputed Era has all the gold and I don't hate that. But I do love Velveteen Dream, so I was a little disappointed. But, you know, there's a storyline coming with that. But overall, I was just a little kind of like, ugh, this is a big thing that you're you're transitioning and doing, and it doesn't work. Yeah. So, if yeah. speaking of Undisputed Era, if it goes the way <laughs> I've fantasy booked it myself, <laughs> you may or may not like this. So, okay. Hell in a Cell's coming up. And then it's Survivor Series. And just before Survivor Series is the next TakeOver, War Games. Right. And I thought, Undisputed Era versus the other four-man team, Imperium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought that inside War Games, Imperium versus the UE would be a absolute slaughter fest. Uh, yeah, actually, it would be awesome. I thought, I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people were seeing this and going, hmm, <laughs> I think this could be very interesting. Um, and, and you know what? I, I kind of think that that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to be, you know, all about this war games pay-per-view, which 
is an excellent one, by the way. If you've never seen a War Games, you should watch both of them. They're in my top favorite NXTs ever. Oh, yeah. I love the War Games. What I found interesting, though, is, and I didn't mm-hmm. pick up, up on it till I think it was yesterday when I noticed a video package. Yep. Um, you've got the flips off the top of the War Games cell. And it's right. surrounding the ring like a normal cell match or a steel cage match, I should say. But yeah, I was watching a video package where they did a clip from WCW's War Games. And that wasn't a steel cage War Games. That was a Hell in a Cell War Games. It had a root. And I only just picked up on that yesterday. I'm like, that's interesting. And I suppose, mm. in a sense, it's good that they don't have the roof anymore. Because, I mean, you can get a moonsault off the top of the steel cage onto eight other people that's right ricochet (laughs) (laughs) i love ricochet i just i don't know how i feel about him on the main roster i love the fact that he's there but i think he's not getting utilized in the way he should be i know huh yeah i had such big hopes yeah um how do you feel about king of the ring so here's the deal with that, okay? Everybody knows, if you listen to me, that I, I just, Baron Corbin and I are like oil and water. We just don't, I can't with that guy. I just don't like him, right? Yeah. But this King of the Ring, I actually thought was some of the best wrestling that WWE has put on this year. The yeah. entire way they booked it, all the matches and the, and the match-ups in particular, like who's facing who, and the way that they made this happen i thought was great and by the end of it i was really rooting for chad gable but also surprisingly he was awesome but surprisingly too i kind of like grew to have a little respect for baron corbin i was like dude first of all you can really wrestle you are really good it has been some of his best matches it really has. Like that final with Chad Gable, I think was one of the best matches WWE has had in 2019, period. Yeah. Who did you, you know? pick to win it? I th- knew Baron Corbin was going to win. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I just had little... that feeling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Deep down, I'm like, they're going to go with Baron Corbin. It was sort right. of predictable, but from the start, I said, I want Body Murphy to win. It. And I was body all the way. And I'm still salty. He went out in that first round. <laughs> I know. Because I felt bad for you guys. <laughs> I, I use logic behind it. They always, the last couple of King of the Rings, um, mm-hmm. it's all been heels. And it's all been international heels with the exception of Booker T. Because you've got William right. Regal, you've got Seamus, and you've got Wade Barrett. All international right. heels. Ironically, all from the UK, but I thought, why not go Australia? And Body yeah, Murphy not? could use the push. I thought mm-hmm. Baron Corbin's already got all these accolades for his name. He doesn't need King of the Ring. But I I do understand why they gave it to him. It's just going to make him more arrogant now. And I'm just like, ugh. But no, I do agree with you. Baron Corbin, for me, is just like, ugh. I know. Ugh. I, <laughs> I didn't mind best. it when he was... I didn't mind it when he was the lone wolf. But yeah. this whole... The current incarnation, ever since he became, shaved his head and became Constable Corbin, was just like, it's not heel heat. It is go-away heat. And it's right. only now he's probably starting to get some of that heel heat back. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And, you know, the thing, the thing that's always bothered me with Baron Corbin, aside from 
you know, I just, I just, we just didn't vibe was the, I'm talking like we're friends, we just didn't vibe. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just can't with a wrestler. You're just like, nah, I just, you're not for me. But Mm. the thing that always bothered me about him was his character. Like after Constable Corbin was over, I mean, how many months ago was that? Right. And he's still out there in the same outfit doing the same thing, but he's not the constable anymore because things have so vastly changed in the landscape. So, like, what are you doing with this guy's character? You're not giving him anything. And all you're doing is letting him say things to make people angry and putting him with Lacey Evans and putting, you know, and, like, doing these things that just didn't do him any favors if you didn't like the guy already. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) But And that's another person I just can't deal with, Lacey Evans. Oh, thank God. Me too. Everybody seems, like, in my little friend circle, loves Lacey Evans. I'm like, why? Yeah. I can't say it. <laughs> so like, I'm glad I, we're on the same page, pal. I can, I actually don't mind the character. Like, she's got the look. They've given her a unique look. Like, and I, mm-hmm. I'm not so much the gimmick itself, how she's all, you've got to be a lady from the 1940s. I, right. Like, they're doing the counter opposite of the women's evolution. You're trying to give women more power, not take it away. Right. And, and I think they're trying to show, too, I think, with that, that she can do both, right? Look, I can be a Marine and have this physique and kick some ass while also have these manners and whatever. I don't even think it's the character. I think I agree with you. I don't care about that because that just mm. is what it is. And, and she kind of does what she can do with that. I think it's actually the wrestling that I can't stand. I think it's oh, yeah. the performance. She's, it's just so very green. Yeah, she just, I, I think it was, like, way too soon to pull her up from NXT. You know, they have a lot of women already on the roster that they could be utilizing in her place. And I think, you know, she could have gone through some more developmental work. And I just think it would be safer for her and for other people. But that's just me, you know. What do I know? <laughs> yeah. Um, another st- uh, female star that's just popped up on the scenes, totally off the topic of WWE for a second, just that's popped up on my Twitter the last couple of days. She's like mm-hmm. she's been around for a while, but it's only really maybe in the last couple of weeks or so she's really started to come through. Is Izzy? Izzy. Have you? Do you know who Izzy is? I'm not really sure that I do. Izzy. All right. So if you go back to NXT back when the Four Horse Women were down there, yeah. Um, Bailey would come out to the ring, and in the corner there would be that little girl that was dressed up like a mini Bailey. And one of oh. Bailey's biggest supporters. Yes. And she goes on Twitter as Izzy Mania. And she's, yes, 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 yes. She ripped a promo the other day and it was absolute fire. Was it and good? Oh, wow. I'm like, damn, this girl can go. And she's been training. She's, and she's, what shocked me is she's only 12 years old. She's 12? She's 12 and she's ripping promos better than half the women in the WWE. And just before, we, just before we signed on tonight, I was going through Twitter and I'd seen something, someone complimented her and said, she is the next Stephanie McMahon with the way she is on that mic. Wow. That's a high yeah. compliment at 12. Oh, and she yeah. was so little when, when Bailey was at NXT. That's crazy. Um, if you watch, I think it's the Iron Woman match between Bailey and Sasha. When Sasha makes her way to the ring, she actually 
rips the glasses off. Um, what's her name? Izzy. Or well, makes Izzy cry, essentially. And you see it on camera. Yeah. She's in tears. And it wow. really got Sasha heat for that. How I was, interesting. I yeah. remember watching that when um, I had to study up for the um, Takeover Badlands podcast. Because we did the Mount Rushmore of Takeovers. That was so hard to pick. Yeah, think, right? Oh, it yeah. ain't easy. It ain't like, easy at all. And I found out I was actually enjoying the takeovers, um, the early takeovers a lot more because even though sure. they were on the same level, at the time, like you go back to when the four horsewomen were down there. Mm-hmm. And then you had, for instance, Samoa Joe and Baron. No, it was Rhino and Baron Corbin versus mm-hmm. Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, American Alpha. You had the um, exchange between Gable back then and the Lone Wolf. Mm-hmm. You had your expectations, and they just exceeded it now, or exceeded your expectations. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. You've got to watch this. But you watch it now, and they're still putting on the same level. But because we've come to expect it, they're not blowing it out of the park. They're meeting your expectations instead of exceeding it. And it's, sure, if if that makes sense, like no, it does. Still, yeah, yeah they're still just as good and they're still putting on a plus matches and they're great to watch, but it's sort of come to be expected that it's losing its wow factor. Yeah. You know, it's and it's a very interesting thing when you go back to 2014 and really just take a look at where it was to where it is, what a difference five years makes and oh, what yeah. a difference between the superstars that were there and where they are now versus Mm. the current roster at NXT. You're right. The matches are still great. There's nothing like, you know, wrong about it, but they're, they were so hot in those first few years that it was such a stark difference between main roster and what NXT was giving you. NXT was giving you such a different experience, but in 2019, you're right. The expectation that NXT is always going to be good. I feel like I hear that all the time on people's shows or in conversations like, oh, well, such and such pay-per-view is happening this week for WWE, but we know TakeOver is going to be awesome. No, no, we don't even have to really talk about that. You know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like that's the expectation is that TakeOver is always going to be good. And while I agree that it is still entertaining, the most recent one wasn't as good as I had thought it was going to be and it was the first time since nxt started since i started watching it that i was Mm. like oh not really disappointed i wouldn't say disappointed but i would say it took me back a little bit because i was like oh like that wasn't as stellar as it usually is like that's really weird right what's going on (laughs) it makes you question it was like oh okay then so um the pay-per-view evolution do you reckon they should have a second one Oh, <laughs> okay. I think we know the answer to that. <laughs> I think I think you do. I think the better question should be asked: Will they? To be honest with you, I don't know that they will. The first one was was a great, you know, idea. I think it didn't go over as well as they had hoped, and I think they took that as we well, maybe we shouldn't do it again, or we should wait, or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, they have since made a more interesting, from their perspective, deal with a certain other country. And those pay-per-views are taking the spot of where Evolution would normally go or could have gone this year. So I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they'll do it in 2020. I don't know that we're going to get it in 2019, given their pay-per-view schedule and what they have planned. Yeah. Um, could they throw it together? Sure. Would that be a mistake? I actually think so. I think they need to actually plan it out and execute it in a way. And I would love to see the NXT women be more involved and make it a whole brand pay-per-view to showcase all of your talent uh, across the board, no matter what show that they're on. I think that would be beneficial because there's some girls in NXT <laughs> that can go and uh, they're very entertaining. And I think if they really spent the time to put together Evolution 2 and make it a really strong women's pay-per-view. Let them do something fun and interesting and different. Let them have a ladder match. Let them have an Iron Woman match. Let them, you know, let them do something like that that creates the buzz. Um, I, I think that would help a lot. And yeah. you know, oh, for me, absolutely. the evolution of the yeah, the evolution of the women's division in WWE for me is very two steps forward, ten steps back. Three yeah. steps forward, 20 steps back. You know, we keep getting, um, supposedly we're on this whole evolution and we're going to change things, but we're still barely getting women's matches on weekly TV. And the ones that we are are repeats. They're not doing anything new and they're not trying to do anything different or special. Um, NXT is where I see more women, I feel like, than the main roster sometimes. Um, and that's that's rough. You know, you can't say that you're going to make all these changes and do all these things and have them headline WrestleMania and then do nothing with it really since. Because what that says is you're just doing it for publicity and you're not actually committed to making any real change. And in a world that we live in now with wrestling, I can go so many other places to find dominant women's wrestlers. There are full, just women-only promotions that I could go watch. Hashtag watch stardom. And see some real women like kicking ass on the regular and being allowed to do that. And I say real women because I mean like it's just their women promotion and that's what they do. Have you seen WoW Superstars? That's another one. Um, it's like a real women's division that has, you know, full backing, full support. And I wish that for the women in the WWE because they have that same talent. They're there and ready to go. They're just not getting that real push and support. Yeah. So where do you believe the women's evolution started or where did it start for you? Great question. Um, you know, for me, when I was watching when I was younger, it was a lot of the bra and panty matches and women as arm candy and, you know, things that weren't really something that as a, as a woman myself, I was aspiring to be, put it that way. And, yeah. uh, you know, once Lita came in the picture for me, things started to change, I think. It showed that you can have this badass punk rock chick. She can hang out with the boys and kick ass. You know, she's part of Team Extreme. Her moonsaults and her wrestling ability, you know, when she was in her prime was was great. And it was such a different look than everybody else. And that part I found really cool. And while you could go back even to China and just watch that whole thing as she was so dominant in the ring, 
with anybody, male, female, didn't matter. Um, you can trace it back there, but I, I think it didn't really happen until the time period where Lita started to come through. Let me get other people like AJ Lee. And, you know, they're beautiful, but mm. they can still really go. And it started to make a, a little bit of a change, a little bit, and it's not a lot. Then you get Paige, and then you get the four horsewomen, and things start to turn. And that's that's kind of where I would mark it um, within the last, I'd say, three years where things really started to be different. And if you wanted to get a real marker, it would be when they got rid of the Divas Championship and just made it a women's championship. Yeah, That's the actual like earmark on Wikipedia, if you will, of when the women's evolution started because they decided to retire this old way and introduce a new way. And instead of calling them divas, they're going to call them superstars because they are like everybody else. Right. So yeah. that would be the, the marked time, as I mentioned, but I think for me, you can trace a little bit of the beginnings a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. What well, do you think about it? So for the mainstream women's evolution that started, I think it was about 2014. Like mm. you can, most people will trace it back to Paige when she was fighting sure. for change and trying to get it off Nikki, the Divas title off Nikki Bella. And then obviously you had the pipe bomb from AJ Lee where she ripped the Divas division a new one. Yep. But what a lot of people have looked over or forgotten about because this aired on the Sci-Fi Network. It started on the Sci-Fi Network, but I think by the time this happened, it was on the wwe.com site and mm. it came from naomi so it was on season three of nxt which unpopular opinion i thoroughly enjoyed the old version of nxt and i was disappointed when season five redemption ended mm. but you had the this the diva competition and the talk the talk challenge and all this sort of stuff and they got Matt Stryker be in the ring and they'd give him a topic and they have to basically speak off the top of their head about a topic. And Naomi's right. topic was to pay. And she said, to be honest, I don't know what to say about the word to pay. I can't think of anything right now. But if we were to speak about wrestling, that's what I'm here for. That's what I want to do. This is what the crowd paid to come and see. And I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. This is what Speak they should be it. doing. Not all this garbage competition crap. Yeah. It's it's tough to see that kind of stuff too. And, and, and you kind of see it now. And, you know, like the storyline going on right now with Mandy Rose and uh, Sonya Deville and versus um, uh, Bliss and Nikki Cross you know, when her, whenever Mandy came out and cut this promo, like, well, you're just ugly. I'm like, really? Come yeah. on. And not, I'm that... not blaming her, even though I don't like her. But <clears throat> I'm not blaming her. That's that's writing and creative. And that's the storyline you're going to go with in 2019. Really, people? You can't yeah. come up with anything better? How about like she's crazy it. and like a little weirdo? How about that? <laughs> Why does yeah. it have to be her looks and her appearance? You have little girls in the audience and little boys in the audience. And you're teaching them continued like to attack people by their looks. And like you can be confident in how you look and your appearance and say that you're better than everybody else. That's fine because it's character work. But when you're looking at somebody and calling them ugly and putting their picture up on the huge Titan Tron and making fun of them, why is that mm. the message that the women are doing? 
What if Seth Rollins came out and started doing that to, I, I don't know, Roman Reigns, let's say they were feuding again, right? Let's say there's a thing going on and he put Roman Reigns' picture up there and started making fun of the way he looks. Is that an acceptable thing? That would oh. never happen in the male's world. And that's exactly. my gripe. That's my, that's my problem. They go more brutal than that when they yeah. have Dean Ambrose um, cut a oh, huge God. promo that's a on whole other thing. Oh, God. Death Rollins and then say, oh, Roman Reigns and his cancer or whatever crap Awful. they have and say. Awful. That was just disgusting. I blocked that out of my memory. Me too. Said. I try not to think about it. It's awful. But yeah, going back to the women's thing for a minute, when I yep. heard that promo from Mandy Rose, that took me back, I think it was, what year are we in? About, yeah, about 10 years or nine years, whatever it was. Um, back to SmackDown, they had Mickey James feuding with Michelle McCool and Layla when they start, the Lay Cool started calling cool. uh, Piggy James. And yep, they that's right. were putting her face on a pig or they were putting a pig's face on her body and they were shoving cake in her face. I'm like, this is just cruel. Like, this isn't even entertaining. No. I mean, having them roll around in cake in the ring was sort of funny, but the insults <laughs> is just like, no, no. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. And, it, and it's hard to see that, you know, from the company that says they're going to do X, Y, Z with the women's evolution, they're going to dedicate that time and they're going to be, you know, pushing that forward. And that's what you do. That's just disrespectful, not only to the ladies in the ring, but to the rest of the women fandom and, and male fandom that feels the same way. It's just not acceptable. This is not we're, we, we don't want to tune in for this. This is not funny. It's not cool. Like, just do something else. There are plenty of other storylines in the universe that you could come up with other than that. You know? It's just, yeah. it's too much of a callback to what was. And I think we just need to move forward with what is and what can be. Yeah. No, I definitely agree there. It's hopefully with the women's evolution, the one thing I'd love to see personally is for the mm -hmm. tag titles to go down to NXT. Me too. They said they do it, and then next minute the tag titles rock up on NXT UK. I mean, they want more viewage on NXT UK. That's how you do it. Take the tag titles there. Take them everywhere. You're, that's what you said you were going to do, and now all of a sudden they're just chilling, and there's only four teams, four tag teams on the what? main roster. So what I are mean, you going to do? <laughs> Hello? What happened to the Iconics? They just... They disappeared I, for a little bit. Yeah. They well, didn't, didn't even um, really... De they defended their titles a total of yeah. four times. Right. And didn't... Um, didn't Peng, did she end up getting married or she's, I know she's right. She did. She did get married to Sean yeah. Spears. Are they are getting they married their, or they did get married? Yeah. I think that's all wedding photos. Yeah. So then I think maybe that's why she went away to do that for a little bit and then, yeah. you know, come back. But you're right. Where are they? Here's yeah. another great question. Where's Kyrie Sane and Asuka? Would love to know that. Where are they at? I haven't even heard a bleep out. They've gone off the radar completely. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, and it's just like, what are you supposed to do? Because that now all you have are, are really fire and desire and bliss and Nikki Cross. And while they're in a storyline, that's cool. You literally don't have anybody else other than people, you know, local talent that you could pull in the quote unquote jobbers for the show. Yeah. Because you just don't or have you... established tag teams or you just throw people together. What's yeah. the point of that? That doesn't do anybody a service. Exactly. Oh, the only so other tag team at the moment isn't as um, established, and that's. Vanessa Bourne and Bourne and Bougie. Vanessa Bourne and what's her name? Oh, 
I'm drawing oh, blank. I lost it too. <laughs> I um, just was thinking about Aaliyah. her the other day. Uh, yes, Aaliyah. There we go. Yeah. Which I can't imagine how Josh is feeling because I know Josh is a huge fan of women's wrestling. Oh yes, he is. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he what he feels about it. I mean, I know my I know my Aussie boys would love to see their iconics back with the titles, but uh, oh, yeah. you know, at th- at this point, I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't yeah. disagree, and I love Nikki Cross a lot, but I just I I don't understand what's happening, and I loved her character so much in NXT, like so much, and to have her come up here, and they clearly didn't know what to do with it, and they broke up Sanity, and I just was like, ah. No. Yeah, that <laughs> was a mistake. Best friend thing. Oh God, it's killing me. Like, I'm. Sanity's an interesting topic. Like, I'm not annoyed they broke him up. Like, I would have loved to have seen him gone far and do amazing things, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they weren't doing anything with Sanity. So, the upside of him breaking Sanity up is we got a fourth member to Imperium. We did. We got and Killian, yeah, Dane, and Matt Riddle. All mm-hmm. they got to do now is do something with Eric Young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree with that. It, it's working out in that way. I just, oh, I really love factions. That's my thing. I just yeah. love them so much. And I'm glad that NXT is still, you know, kind of rolling with that a little bit. But, you know, Sanity comes up to the main roster and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. They're going to do shit with this. And then they didn't. And I was so disappointed because they have so much potential and, and factions are cool and they're teasing it, you know, with Randy and the Revival and stuff. There's a lot of potential in a faction. They don't always have to roll together, but there's a lot of potential. But they've been ruining all the factions. I mean, look at the Riot Squad. Gone and look, gone too. Look at the Nexus. Yeah, well, oh my God, that's a whole, yes, you're right about that. I mean, mm-hmm. politics there. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, no, it's best that I get put over Wade Barrett. Yeah, how'd that work out? <laughs> so great. <laughs> oh, that Nexus debut. I can't. At least Painful. they made some starts from it. Sort mm-hmm. of. They made Daniel Bryan after yeah. years and years and years. Wade Barrett had the potential, but they never really ran with it. Yeah, they never pulled the trigger on that one. Ryback... Could have done something, but they didn't want to ruin Punk's reign, and they decided to stick John Cena in the mix. I mean, we got Brad Maddox <laughs> okay. out of it. Brad Maddox? What a little fuck. <laughs> I can't stand we it. Got, These people are crazy. Oh, yeah. We got... Who else was in the Nexus? We got Justin Gabriel. Yeah, was, oh my god, I loved him. He was amazing. And the so only other, talented. The only other huge star that came out of the Nexus off the top of my head was um, the one-man rock band, Heath Slater. <laughs> He's got kids, man. He's got oh, kids. Yeah. How Marky. is he not won a single singles title? Because they never, never invested in that guy. Oh, man. Wasted opportunity. He's yeah, sterile. Well, I, I think it's sort of just passed now. Like He won't get oh, one yeah. Now. Nah, I don't He's think so lost either. All that he may get the twenty four seven championship at some point, but unfortunately, I kind of think you're right on that. Yeah. Poor Heath. Th- How do you feel about that? Do you think the twenty four seven championship's losing its fizzle? I think a little bit. You know, at first it was really fun and fresh and cool and different, and you know, our truth's an absolute delight. 
And I love him with this championship. My problem is, is that they insert it at weird times during the show and they run through other people's matches and they, and it's the constantly the same thing. And it's not anything, you know, remember yeah. like a couple, a couple weeks ago, months ago, it was that like ginger pinned him at a golf course. And like, you know, I'm going to find you out at, at wherever you are and pin somebody on a plane and like weird stuff like that. That was yeah. cool. But like, <clears throat> while I don't mind that R Truth is having the title for a long time and keeps getting it back, it's a lot of flip flop. It's a lot of crazy, which I yeah. understand is the point, but it's like some of it's useless. Now. Right. And like the Raw reunion show, so many people got that title that you knew were never going to have that title. So, like, what was the point of doing that for a cheap yeah. pop? You know, it's like, ugh, I'm just not sure what they're trying to do with it. Um, well, Moving I mean, forward. I, I popped for Kelly Kelly getting that title. Oh, I mean, me too. But, like, we all knew that she wasn't coming back. So, like, we knew she was going to lose it. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I totally know what you mean. It was great with our truth, but it's the same thing. And it sort of lost the fizzle. And then they regained it when they got off truth and they started focusing on Maria with the title. Right. And that was just gold. I loved it every minute of that because it was something fresh yeah it definitely then, was different and how do you feel about maria being pregnant berating mike oh woof um <laughs> okay i'm gonna say this first i am all for female empowerment i'm all for that whole thing yay girls i am one woohoo okay yeah. that being said this is a lot this is a lot, and it's very. I think I feel like we're we're like at at first, you know, it was okay ish, and now I feel like we're just we're just sending lots of weird messages, and we're sending lots of negativity. Um, I understand she's supposed to be a heel, and I get that, but it's very odd the way that they're presenting this whole thing, and you know, in, in our world now. We know that they're married and for the most part looks fine and everything's cool. And then you come on TV and it's like the totally different thing. And she's, you know, it's very disrespectful. And um, yeah. you know, who's the baby daddy storyline? I'm oh, like, are we on Maury or are we on WWE? Like, what are we doing? You know, it's just, oh, yeah. this is the thing that I, the problem that I have is like, you know, it's, it's, it sets off all this different stuff, you know? So now you got people like, slut shaming her and you have people like going at mike for not being quote-unquote man enough and you know the whole thing where rusev came out why is rusev in the storyline i can't even handle that and then yeah. we all know that he's married to lana so like what what, are, what message are we just sending to people like what that there's rampant craziness happening in the wwe why why are we doing that that's so stupid ricochet shouldn't even be involved in that he should be in his own thing kicking ass winning titles this is just not something that should be occurring in my personal opinion because yeah. She's out here, and it's going to be a different baby daddy every week. And then the, the thing that I had the most problem with is when she said that Rusev's the baby daddy or whatever, and Mike congratulated him. I was like, this is, like, too much, and this is just – this needs to stop. I don't want to see this anymore. It's just not – I don't find yeah. that kind of stuff entertaining, like, anyway. <laughs> so well, now yeah, you're putting exactly. it in a wrestling ring, and I don't understand why. Like, when she was the braggadocious – braggadocious, I'm the first pregnant champion 
That yeah. was all good. And that was, was great. funny. That was funny. But this yep. baby daddy storyline, like, Ricochet oh. was cringe, but when they brought out Rusev, that was just next level cringe. It's just like, oh my God. I mean, and, and, and the thing is, too, like, imagine going into work, right? Mm. And you're handed your script for the night, and that is what you have to do on <laughs> national television in yeah. front of millions of people. Like, yes, it's oh. acting. Yes, it's not real. We get that part. But at the same point, you still have to say these words out of your mouth. I wonder what she thinks about it. And I wonder really what he thinks about it. Like, they're obviously in it, and they're playing along, and they're doing their job. But, like, I really wonder, like, how do you feel that this is a storyline that you two were given and that you are running with right now? Yeah, it gets you on TV. But, you know, the thing, the other thing, too, and I'm curious what you think. Like, what's the payoff of this? Is anything that's going to come out of it going to, you know, how, you know, the quote, like, the end justifies the means? Is there anything that could possibly happen to make this storyline, like, make sense slash be forgivable, I guess, is my question. Uh, it's really hard. I mean, the baby daddy storyline, not specifically, mm-hmm. but if it ends up going back to the main focus of her trying to motivate Mike and then Mike finally gets the win and then gets pushed into an intercontinental championship run, then yeah, I wouldn't so much call it forgivable, but that's probably the best payoff we can ask for not the United States Championship, because that's just lost all credibility at the moment. He needs to be the IC Championship. Or even the Cruiserweight Championship at this point. But if they want, and I know you're going to love this, if they want to example of how to do women's wrestling or women's characters properly, Maria is not the go-to in WWE. Go to Impact and look at my girl, Rosemary. Oh, preach on it. Preach on it. The look, the character. You watch her interview with Chris Van Vliet, how she stayed in character for that whole thing. Oh, my God. It's awesome, huh? Yes. Shout out to my man, Chris. <laughs> He's the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as you were saying, Love to find out how Maria feels. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know. Maria, if I know you listen to this, I think this is something we should be hearing on a segment one of my friends likes to call Queenie Chats. <laughs> I yes. think we need to set this up. <laughs> if only her contract would allow her to do that, I would <laughs> yeah. totally talk to her. Because this oh, is yeah. she's in a very unique position, Maria. You know, she was in the women's diva era. Like, she was in the whole divas era. And a little bit after that. Then she went with the indies. She was in Japan. She was everywhere else. And then came back. I would love to pick her brain. But I don't think contractually they'll let her. But... Yeah. <laughs> If I, I ever mean, could, oh, I want to talk to you, girl. <laughs> definitely you're the person to do it because, I mean, to get the female story from a female's perspective, the best person would be a female interviewer. And if you're going to talk independent podcasting, you talk the queen. Aww. Well, I appreciate that vote of confidence. And <laughs> I, would, I would love to talk to her. I feel like there's a lot of story there. And, I, and I'm very curious as to, like, 
what she really thinks about it, which, of course, she could never say until she was done. So, hey, maybe in several years, if she's not in it anymore, we'll we'll meet up. <laughs> yeah. So last week we had on um, RJ from Ringside Rant. Uh, yeah, RJ. <laughs> and we started our first segment of Random Reacts, which was totally random for both Seth, um, Seth and RJ because... I just happened to accidentally, randomly pick a segment that one tugged on their heartstrings, and two just happened to be RJ's favorite wrestler. They're just casually sitting there waiting for the end of the segment to, or promo, whatever you want to call it, for WrestleMania 27, I think it was. And then quickly, all you hear is a boo 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 on this day, I see clearly, and then. You get Josh, um, Josh Matthews. No, was it Josh Matthews? The AEW, the ring announcer. Uh, Justin Roberts. Justin Roberts um, coming yes. to the ring, and Justin Roberts is like the rated R superstar Edge. And then mm-hmm. I've just played the first thirty seconds of it. I loved my time in WWE, yada yada yada. But unfortunately. I have to retire. Uh, um, but yeah, and so worst. that's RJ's favorite wrestler tugging on their heartstrings there because I was accidentally cruel. But yeah. I, well, you are a heel after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oink, oink. <laughs> <laughs> you stop that right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's another story for another day, or we can that just is. go back to a former episode of. Queen's Court, where I was on with Mike B. Bebe. Shout out to Mike. Yeah, you could check that out, Wrestling World, honey. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then we... Yeah, I was listening to one of his podcasts that you were the guest on, and he was telling me how you guys had to record that twice. Yes, we did. (laughs) Because I was doing my study up on him, and then at the same time, I'm like, this is brilliant because I've got the Queen on in two weeks, so I can do my study up (laughs) on her at the same time. There you go. I found my segment for you to randomly react to, but chances are this is going to play a quick advert before okay. the segment hits. Uh, yeah, so we have our BWS um, adverts. It's going in three. Here we are. Oh, your prestigious King of the Rings, Stone Cold Steve Austin, oh. incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done segment that you just picked (laughs) (laughs) it was probably one of the best promos of a king of the ring victory yes yes and it's what really did set up stone cold steve austin that is it right there 
from there, Austin 316 was born, honey. And just, wow, what a takeoff. I still have my Austin 316 shirt. <laughs> I have the yes. one of the ones that I got when I went to my, um, when, when one of my friends went to a show and got one for me when I was younger. Oh, my God. Oh, that segment just bring back, like, the feels, man. The feels. That's my boy right there. <laughs> I love watch, him. Did you watch that segment live? I did not. I did not watch it live when I was younger. But I did catch it because uh, my cousin had all, always bought all the stuff to watch. And uh, he always taped everything, which was great <laughs> for me. <laughs> So I could go over and we would watch it together. And when, the first time I saw it, I'll never forget it in my life. And I was just, I was so, I like idolized Steve Austin when I was a kid. And I feel like I still do in a lot of ways. But, um, oh my God, I just remember watching him cut that promo. And I was just like, how do you even, like the confidence that that man had the swag that he had. He truly believed every single word that he said, or at least he put in that feeling to make you feel that at home, you know? Yeah. And it's, it didn't, it uh, didn't sound scripted. No, it didn't. It sounded so improv. And, and it, and, and that's the part that I love about Steve Austin is that I just genuinely feel like he just spits straight fire, uh, you know, during his, his time as Steve Austin. And it just was such a genuine, like, thing and what one of the things i admired about that promo and about his his run of stone cold was he was just so unapologetically himself in the ring during promos backstage getting arrested whatever he was doing <laughs> for the wwe wwf to e um oh, he was just so himself and that promo just felt like his straight anger passion fire coming out to establish like here i am and look what i've done and look what I'm going to do to you. You know, it's just, ah, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's, he was definitely one of the most iconic wrestlers of the Attitude Era. And if not the beginning of um, the Ruthless Aggression Era, when he was the co-general manager alongside Bischoff. Sure. What segments they had. I know, That's huh? Not- that's when I got into Austin because I started back in, I think it was 2002 to 2004. And then being a young kid and having a, um, back on the original Xbox, I had Raw and Raw 2. And because they allowed intergender matches and intergender backstage fights, I remember I was Trish Stratus getting my ass handed to me by, mm-hmm. I think it was Triple H at the time. And my parents didn't like that. So I had to sell the game and trade it in. Oh. And I basically had nothing to do with wrestling till about 2009. And mm-hmm. that's when I got back into it. I saw, because it was all on pay TV and we didn't have pay TV. It was only free to wear stuff was um, Sunday Heat, not Sunday Heat. Um, it was like this recap segment of SmackDown and it went on for about an hour on Channel 9 and Mm-hmm. Uh, this is back when you had Undertaker feuding with Vicky Edge, Big Show, Chavo, and Vicky was in the wheelchair, and that's sort of what slowly got me back into it. And then when I found oh, the yeah. on, I found um, they were uploading it every week to YouTube back in 2009, and John Cena was feuding with Randy Orton and 
this is back when Donald Trump had just bought Raw and we got the guest host era starting. Oh, oh yeah. That's when I started back and I started watching ECW and I I loved ECW. I thought that was great. I know, huh? So much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things have definitely changed, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, don't from get me to, wrong. From AC- then to now. There was ECW was just another program by the end of it. There was nothing extreme about it. You could still get right. disqualified, still get counted out. And I'm just like, why are they calling it extreme if there's nothing extreme about it? I know, right? I know. It's tough. Mm. And then no more ECW. And then here we are now, 2019. Bunch of crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yes. um, earlier this week, I opened up the mailbox to get some <laughs> questions in. So, all the way from Adelaide, Australia, my main man, Joshua Robinson, from <laughs> your fellow brain buster from the other show, Wrestling Reverb, who every Friday afternoon my time it gets released i think it's friday afternoon friday morning something like that thursday Mm -hmm. your time is it uh it's friday our time right yeah friday morning our time so whatever that is for you friday night your time yeah something like that i usually listen listen to it friday night when i get home from work yeah so he's dropped two questions in his first question what is the square root of 456? I saw that. I'm just like, oh, my God, Josh, seriously, come on. I don't do math, honey. <laughs> I, can do, I can do basic maths, but not square roots. But yeah. your Me other neither. brain buster friend um, from the EPW show, is oh, that Conrad? Conrad? Yeah. Conrad. He has on the Google calculator underneath it and said it is 21.3541560441. Good man, Conrad. Thank you. Thank thank you, Conrad, for answering that on our behalf. And Josh's (laughs) second question. Nah, seriously, what's been your favorite match of the year thus far? Ooh, that's a toughie. That's a hard, hard, hard one. Um... Yeah, there's been so many great matches. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Whenever I get asked that question, my first instinct is to think of Johnny Gargano's best matches. Oh, good call. But there's only one match that instantly comes to mind. It's not a five-star match. It's not an instant classic, but it had the stipulation I liked, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so jealous you got to see this match live. <laughs> the Cracker Barrel Clash triple threat match with Joey Janela, Jim mm-hmm. Havoc, and I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Darby Allen. That's the one, Darby Allen. <laughs> yes. I, I keep making the really bad pun, Darby's all in. Yes, he is. <laughs> but <Ba-dum-tsh. laughs> Yeah. What about yourself? What is your favorite match of the year thus far? I have been so lucky this year to have gone to so many shows personally and as well as just watching them. And I would say that that match that you just mentioned was just so much fun. Like that was so much fun. Um, Yeah. 
I would say, though, wrestling-wise, my favorite match this year is going to come out of New Japan. Mm -hmm. And, yep, and it's going to come from their G1 Climax. Mm -hmm. And, yep, yep, there were some good ones. Um, There's a lot to choose from here. And it's it was hard it's hard for me to pick just one because there was a few matches from this whole tournament that were just unreal, so good. But that Will Osprey Okada match, something that I go back and watch from that tournament. It was on um, I want to say night seven. They have such great chemistry together, and the way that that match came out, it just was a beautiful piece of of art. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, just it was beautiful. Um, and that was one of the best matches that I've seen all year. It just, oh, that one was great. I mean, I have so many, but like that one for wrestling wise, watching that one just for me sticks out right away. But if I can add something, I would say personally, because I got to see it. I got to watch John Moxley versus Darby Allen in a high school gym at Northeast Wrestling. It was absolutely wild and I was in like the third row and I was right there and just watching that personally was my favorite match of the year so far we still got a couple months to go but so far oh, yeah. that's that's the peak right there that standards have been set so it's gonna be interesting to see if anyone can beat it but yeah yep. Will Ospreay is definitely my favorite wrestler going at the moment Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, great choice. That's another great match, too. Him and uh, uh, Sonata from the G1. Ooh, what a technical masterpiece that was. Yeah. All right, so going back to Conrad. Mm -hmm. All right, so his first question. What was your first unforgettable show? That I went to, maybe? That's what my interpretation is. Okay. Uh, I would say for the first one that was unforgettable for me, hmm, I would say G1 Supercard this past April was pretty unforgettable for me. I got to see Jushin Thunder Liger and the Great Muta. I got to watch Okada wrestle in person. <laughs> that was wild. Oh, Jay White, he won the... Yep, Jay White dropped the title that night. I saw Ibushi and Naito. Um, that was pretty unforgettable for me. Yeah, that was pretty unforgettable. And, you know, I've been to WWE shows and stuff. I've been to a Raw taping. I've been to Money in the Bank. But I haven't been to a lot of WWE pay-per-views because they're not normally nearby or where I could get to them. But yeah. easily, you know, or affordably. <laughs> so yeah, um, I-, I will definitely I- go with that. I, n- I understand the feeling like, yeah, of course you do. Year. You have a whole different thing. <laughs> the Super Showdown. So Josh went to that where, for me, I would have loved to have gone. Um, Seth went to it as well. And I'm off the other end of the country. So for me to get down there, like for me just to get to my state capital is a mm-hmm. $400 flight to get to the state capital. Oh, wow. And then from there, I've got to get two connecting flights to get down to Melbourne. And so that's just... It's a lot of that's travel for you. Six, that's about $600 in flights. But, I mean, I live in a really rural town, so my airport's small and we have 
planes with the little propellers on them. That's why they're so expensive. Sure. And then you've got hotels and um, the actual tickets themselves. But I did go to one show, which was a WWE mm-hmm. live event when they came to Brisbane a couple of years ago. Well, actually, mm-hmm. no, it was back in 2010. And the SmackDown where Alberto Del Rio debuted. Oh, um, wow. So the live event before that SmackDown was in Brisbane. And I saw him live before he debuted on TV or a week before Whoa. he debuted on TV. Yeah. It That's started, cool. The night started off with the Brisbane Cop Battle Royale. And the winner got to go to the main event to face the world heavyweight champion because that was the champion on SmackDown at the time. Mm-hmm. The big show won that, and he got to go to the main event to versus Kane because, I mean, that was the feud going on at the time, big show versus Kane. Mm-hmm. You had a match with Natalia, Tyson Kids, and um, David Hart Smith, and they were facing. I'm trying to think who they were facing. I bel- don't know if the Usos were around at that time and Tamina, so it can't have been them. Mm. But they were feuding with someone. They were the heels at the time as well. You had mm-hmm. Jack Swagger, and one of the funniest moments was as he lost his match, he was, the match was over, the winner's music played, they left, and then Jack was walking up the ramp, and He's going, USA, USA. And all you hear was a roar from the Australian crowd going, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> it was just a battle of USA versus Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. And, That's awesome. Uh, it is. <laughs> Ray Mysterio was there. I caught the entrances on film of Ray entering, Swagger entering. I got, I was, if you imagine where the stage is, um, from the ring perspective, and you look up the ramp at the stage, right. go, to, go to the left directly from the stage, and then I think I was about 30, 40 rows up looking directly down on the stage from stage right, I think it was. And mm-hmm. I remember, even though I was that far up the back, it was the Brisbane Entertainment Center or Brisbane Convention Center. I was still about 40, 50 rows back. I remember the flames came up for Kane's entrance and wow. you could feel the heat. I'm like, oh my God. So That's crazy. The, assuming they still did Kane's pyro today, based on where the commentary table is, imagine what they're feeling. Sure. Mm. Crazy stuff, man. Yeah. All right. Right, so the next question comes from Anthony from Anthony Talkstuff at AA Talkstuff. And his question is, name one moment in wrestling you would change if you could and why? Oh, great question. Um, I would like Owen Hart to still be here. That would be one moment I would change. Ooh. I think big things for that guy. Um, yeah. If he was still around and that was just such a tragedy 
And, uh, yeah. you know, oh, what a, it was absolutely horrific. I, I hate to even think about it, but that for me was my gut reaction. If I could change, I would change that. And I would really, you know, let him have that whole career in wrestling. I think we would have seen something really special. And yeah. uh, that would have been really cool. That's just one thing I gravitated towards right away. Yeah, well, see, I was thinking more modern era because I didn't even think to go that far back. I'm like, what would we change currently in wrestling that happened? And my first instinct was um, Buddy Murphy, King of the Ring. Then I thought, no, Iconics losing their titles. I changed that. Then I thought when you said that, I actually thought about it. And I'm just like, okay, instead of going instinct, actually put some thought into this. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, Chris Benoit. Yeah, there you go. Because before whatever happened with Chris Benoit, there's now stories of it coming out that it was all a setup and it didn't actually happen. He, oh. And I'm just That's trying to terrible. ignore all that. I yeah. focus, Instead of focusing on the incident, I'd rather focus on his career. Mm -hmm. And based on his career, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm. And if we say the incident didn't happen and he was still alive and he did a Ric Flair and he was still wrestling today, imagine the matches Benoit could have had with Daniel Bryan, could have had down at Chris Benoit down at NXT with Kushida. Oh, <laughs> Crazy um, stuff to think about, man, for sure. Yeah. Another one from Conrad. What are your hopes for the upcoming NWA wrestling promotion? Ooh. Yeah, because they're coming to TV too. Um, oh, are they? Okay, so I'll let you take the lead with this because uh, as far as <laughs> NWA I'm concerned, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. I, as far it's, as I was uh, concerned, yeah. NWA mm -hmm. was a group of independent promotions like it was in the 80s or whatever it was. Or is it a singular promotion now? Uh, to be honest, it's it's a wrestling alliance. It's the National Wrestling Alliance. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit different than I think it used to be. I don't mm. watch it as much, I would say. But I do love a lot of the things that they've been doing recently. Um, Allison Kay is their women's champion. She's a bad, bad bitch. I like oh, her a lot. Yeah. Very talented human. Um, and of course, uh, Nick Aldis. Um, I love the YouTube series they've been doing, the 10 Pounds of Gold, when that started last year, I think, last yeah, October. Just, just before right? All In. Yeah, that's when it started, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now they're supposedly coming to TV. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the things that... I'm not sure how I feel about it right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of things happening in terms of like who they're going to hire to do their commentary. And there's a certain individual that I'm not really thrilled about that might be uh, involved with that. Um, what are my hopes for it? I, I hope that they let the wrestling talent showcase as they have been, you know, not on television. I'm they have some really wonderful superstars there, wrestlers there. Um, they have great potential, I think, to have some excellent matches, really some some great content. We'll put it that way. I don't know how it's gonna translate to television. 
I, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I know they're trying to build the team for the for the TV, I guess, and that's really the extent of what I know. I don't know too too much other than that, but I I just hope that they're successful in it, in what they want to do, and hopefully it turns out to be, you know, good. <laughs> that's yeah, basically yeah. what I that's basically what I can say. Absolutely, and best of <clears> luck to them. Yeah, really, truly, best of luck, and you know they have some really cool stuff. Um, I don't know, I don't know. It's it's going to be cool. I know that they're doing tapings i think it's in atlanta um yeah i don't know it's gonna it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting yeah all right um one of my fellow aussies who's just popped up recently uh, when he approached he messaged me on um twitter asking for help that he's a new podcast he dropped in a question um at what you're drinking he's asked what can go up a chimney down but it cannot go down a chimney up. What can what? <laughs> what can go All up right. a chimney down? But cannot go down a chimney up. I read that and I read it and I read it and I was like, huh? And I'm like, I know it's a riddle. I just can't for the life of me work it out. And then... Go up the chimney down. At World of Zen One, who is Twitter, we are all one. One of another fellow was he has actually put the answer there. And when I thought about the answer, I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. The answer is an umbrella. Up, oh, well, okay. Because if an umbrella's up, it can't go down a chimney. Well, that's true because it won't fit. The umbrella's down. It can go up a chimney. Huh. And I'm just like, how did I not get that? <laughs> I'm not really good at riddles, so. Oh, neither am I. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, so did I. I. I read it and I was like, oh, my God. I'm more puns <laughs> than I am riddles. Yeah, puns are good. Yeah, I can roll with that. Yeah, Josh doesn't like me for my puns because... He was doing his content thing on his um, content creators, Royal Rumble or whatever it was. Um, the recent one. I, yeah. Actually, I've got to remind myself to ask him about that because I think that's just stalled in the middle of a tournament. Um, what was it? He was doing the tournament for the wrestling in SmackDown vs. Raw 2011. And I was in the first round as Batista versus watches Jess's John Cena and mm-hmm. I'm just like well I made the really bad pun I'm gonna go to the next round by forfeit because I just can't see my opponent <laughs> and Josh is just like nope not allowed Cena puns are bad and I'm just pissing myself laughing that's so funny <laughs> uh, yeah it's so bad that that's why it's funny <laughs> but um, little, little yeah, jokes uh, our final um, question in the mailbox comes from Chris of the North Carolina at Black underscore Baymax 8. Yes, Chris. Who I met in the real world house. That's right. Season one, uh, baby. Yep. He has done some absolutely fantastic work with his art. He, If you haven't checked him out, go to his Twitter page. 
one of my fellow Aussies, he did some work for him recently, um, JJ, who's a massive Bray Wyatt fan and loves The Fiend, has um, just recently bought all The Fiend outfit. He did some artwork for JJ, and oh, man. Every it's time awesome, eh? Chris puts up some artwork that he's just done that he goes out of his way to do for people, it is so good. I'm just like, oh, He's got a career ahead of him if he chooses to follow that path. Absolutely. And, you know, just on a side note about Chris, he's he's did my banner on Twitter. And uh, he is the exclusive American designer artist for uh, my other show, DYWTSB. So we uh, yeah, I, we we love Chris. And uh, he designs um, the Queen of Pops Experience logo. He helped redesign a couple of our DYWTSB logos. Um, and you know, we got some projects in the works with him coming out soon. So I just want to give a quick shout out to Chris. You know, he's a very talented guy, and uh, we, we appreciate all he does. Yeah, and I've spoken to him about what he uses, and like I've got some of the apps I, he uses on my phone, and I've had a crack at it myself. And I think I've done one good picture, which I did for Mike and myself, because when we did that Queenie Chats, um, after we ended the call, I think Mike and I kept talking for about an hour after that. And <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Mike's just wanted to do a podcast. And I said, well, I'll do one with you if you want to co-host. And mm-hmm. I'll just let you do your podcast and I'll just help you with it. And I just started designing it. And we almost spoke for about half an hour just to come up with the name. And we thought, let's focus on a podcast and do it on AEW. And nice. We were trying to come up with a name for it, and then we're looking at what we have in common or what we know about each other. We're trying to do the Oz and American or the mining and whatever else we could come up with. And then we realized we're from two separate um, generations. So we came mm-hmm. up with the name, the AEWXY podcast, because we're oh, Generation cute. X and Generation Y. So like we're that. still in talks about that we haven't done the first episode yet but it is in the, it's in the works and we're planning on it but yeah back to the question from chris what yes. are three moments in wrestling that made you cry made you excited and made you say what the f <laughs> okay uh, i'm gonna go with recent because it's just coming to my brain the moment that made me cry is when Kenny finally won the title from Okada in New Japan. A moment that made me excited is when AEW was announced. And a moment that made me say, what the fuck, is when Shane McMahon won versus The Miz at Money in the Bank out of his (laughs) t-shirt. That's my three. What about you? (laughs) All right. So this... um... What made me cry was the only thing real. I watch wrestling by myself because I live by myself. And when I watch stuff by myself, I don't show emotion. When I watch it with other people, I get all into it. Like, don't get me wrong, I still enjoy it, but it's like watching a blank. It's like watching paint dry on a wall. I just don't show emotion. But mm-hmm. the one thing that got to me was watching Daniel Bryan's retirement speech. That was really hard to watch. Tough. What made me excited 
Um, what made me excited was when Rhea Ripley came out to Shayna Baszler. Mmm, good one. What made me say what the fuck? And this literally legit made me say what the fuck. Um, I was on the phone to one of my friends who just happens to be my boss. And I had mm-hmm. SummerSlam on in the back, SummerSlam on. So instead of watching SummerSlam, I'm talking to him on the phone with him on speaker. And I've got SummerSlam on in the background now, just watching him. And I turn my head to my left and look at my TV. And all I see is this dark arena and a close-up shot of this head with the mouth so wide open and this Mm. glowing thing coming from it. And I'm like, what the fuck? And my mate's just going, what, what, what's happened? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I've seen. This is (laughs) what? I know. Crazy, right? Yeah. Sick ass lantern. I want them to produce it so I can uh, have one in my office. (laughs) Yes. Halloween. Absolutely. Halloween. And my friend knows nothing about wrestling, so he knows the basics about wrestling, as in the main superstars. So trying to take the piss out of me for watching wrestling. All I can hear over my phone is my mate going, na, 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 na. <laughs> it's John Cena. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So what when your friends, for instance, or someone you talk to, co-worker or whoever it might be goes, Oh, wrestling's fake. There's nothing real about that. Why do you watch that? If you were to go show them a match, what match do you show them? Great question. Um, it, it's... <laughs> I always show people, like new people, wrestling when they're interested in it or like, I don't understand. Can you help me understand? Um, I always show them something from New Japan, or I'll show them John Cena versus CM Punk from 2011 Money in the Bank. Oh, yes. I and love say, that match. It's a great match. And I'm just like, let's. I just want you to watch this. I'm not going to tell you anything about the story. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to put this on, right, as your WWE experience. Because WWE is so different than, you know, everything else that I watch, right? So I do twofold. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm going to show you two completely different things. Okay. So first I'm going to show you this <laughs> and we watch Cena versus CM Punk. And they, I let, I play the whole, like the promo, the entrance, all of it. And they're like trying to ask like a thousand questions and you know, like, what does that mean? And why is he looking like that? And why is he wearing those things on his arms and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, um, but then they watch it and they're like, okay, but it still like, seems kind of like fake ish. Right. It's planned. And I'm like, right. But did you get the story? And they're like, yeah, like, I get what's going on. I'm like, okay, well, then that's kind of the point, right? It's a story based, it's got wrestling, you know, behind it. But this was such a story. What a thing that came out. The pipe bomb promos and the craziness with his reign. And Cena was, you know, everybody who um, is like a, a casual wrestling fan or knows of wrestling, I feel like knows who John Cena is. 
right? Yeah. They're like, well, I don't know anything, but I know John Cena is a wrestler, or I know The Rock was a wrestler. Right. Okay, cool. Great. But giving that like little connection, I find always helps. Like, you know, Cena, here he is. Oh, okay, cool. And then you kind of go from there. But when I show them New Japan, I always show them Kenny versus Okada. That's like my go-to right away. Boop, do that. Now, the new thing that I've done for a a friend that I, um, I just started to show things in wrestling is I showed them Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer night one of the G1 this year. And I said, just watch this. And they're like, wow. And I was like, I know, right? (laughs) It's pretty crazy. (laughs) It's just, you got to show them something that is different than what they think they're going to say. That's why I show them Cena versus Punk, because what they think they're going to get out of the WWE is, is cheesy or, or something like that. But when you show them something with emotion, I feel like it works a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so for me, like my brother's a perfect example of this because he loves his UFC. And he's like, mm-hmm. why would you watch wrestling? It's totally fake. They're not hitting each other. They, put their foot in someone's face and slap their leg. I'm like, they still make contact. They just slap their leg for emphasis. The moves themselves are real, but it's just scripting. Like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's so fake. It's fake blood, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) And so the two things I show them, for me, I go back to TLC a couple of years ago. uh, I think it's 2012 or 2013. You've got a triple threat TLC tag team match. And you get Kalisto doing a tope suicida over the ladder and then onto a bridge ladder between another ladder and the ropes. And he puts one of the Usos or one of the New Day through the ladder. And there's that's number one because I'm like, that's painful. Why would anyone? You can't fake that. Yeah. um, SummerSlam 2015, Brock Lesnar elbowing Randy Orton in the face till he started bleeding open. Oh, Mm -hmm. their forearms that their love taps. I'm like, so I slowed it down for him. And for the most part, he was right. They were forearms that weren't actual hits, but you see one shot of the elbow that cracks him open. I've showed him when Brock Lesnar returned and he got in that brawl with John Cena and John Cena had that bloody mouth mouth when Brock Lesnar was aligned with John Laurinaitis. Mm-hmm. The, the one match my go-to for absolute brutality where you see a th- um, tooth coming out of his nose lodged through his mouth after he's fallen on off the top of a cell is Mick Foley Mankind. Yeah. The Undertaker. That is there my go. go-to. And I play that whole match. The blood, the brutality, and my brother's like, why would anyone put themselves through that? Like, who'd want to get paid to do something like that? I'm like, they do it because they love entertaining people. They put their body right. through absolute agony. They have welts. He's like, oh, they just, that's just makeup. I'm like, why would someone walk through the streets with makeup on to show they have a black eye? Yeah. Yeah, it's. <sighs> That's another thing. And I wonder if your brother, too, would like Bloodsport, which is GCW. Um, Josh Barnett put on one just last weekend, and uh, that's a mixture of wrestling and MMA. And yeah. they, while it's um, a scripted ending, th- their mm. shit lands. <laughs> it, it is not uh, oh, yeah. fake punches. They they punch, and it hurts, uh, and it looks I, painful. 
<laughs> I, I've got to go and watch that because I've been watching yourself on Twitter talking about it. I'm like, okay, I really got to go have a look at this. Like, you've actually got me keen to want to watch it. Yep, I think you. I think you'd like it, you personally, but I think your brother might be into that because it's 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 like all about submissions and it's all about like how do you get over on the other guy and like how do you moves and counter moves and all that kind of stuff. It's not uh, your. There's no ropes either. Like there, you can't jump off ropes. There's it's none of that stuff. So it's really on the mat, hard hitting shit. Yeah. So I feel like your brother would would be into that. <laughs> it sounds like a Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak dream extreme match. Basically, <laughs> minus the uh, pomp and circumstance of WWE, but yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it's All awesome. Right. Awesome. So, um doing my study on your favorite wrestlers of all time <laughs> i want you to pick one undertaker or austin how do you oh. who and why oh why do you do this to me um <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay um okay woof this is hard Oof. okay Get it in the handkerchief out, wiping away the sweat. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, this is really difficult because they're so important in, in different ways. But I'm going to go uh, with The Undertaker, and I'm very sorry, Steve Austin. And I love him. He's my favorite of all time. But The Undertaker's career path from when he debuted to now, you know, I have a lot of problems with what's happening right now. But... Looking at the entire career, yeah, right. The entire career <laughs> trajectory, the way he started, the building of his character, the evolution of his character, his stuff with Paul Bearer, his stuff with Kane, the enormously amazing streak that is the Undertaker's success at Manias, even with his losses in recent, you know, history. Um, that is something. I don't know that anybody else has done at the same level. There's something so special about the undertaker's character and the evolution of that character. And even when he stepped out of that and became the American badass and stepped back into the role of the undertaker and kind of the evolution of his costume and like the way he makes his entrance and the coffins, there's a lot of things that he does that I feel like no one else has ever done or will ever do to the same level ever again. People will get close, but I don't know that anybody has had as much impact on the WWFTE as The Undertaker has and still does to this day. You know, it. I feel some type of way about him being in a wrestling ring right now, but that's not my body. It's not my decision. So he yeah. chooses when he wants to do it. But I, I want to remember The Undertaker the way that, that he was before you know, getting older and, and coming back and having these things that I just don't agree with. But... Yeah. That being said, every time I hear his music, I get chills. Every time. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's on SmackDown, a house show, Raw, Mania, not Mania. It does not matter. I hear it, and I'm just, like, instantly brought back. And he was the first person that I saw in wrestling, the first one. And uh, that has made you a lasting get excited. Yeah, he's exciting. He's the phenom. And I know that sounds, like, so cheesy because you hear Michael Cole in your brain going, the phenom, the dead man. But... It's true. There's, there's so, he's so charismatic. He doesn't have to say much. He doesn't need to. It's in his presence. 
that's um, that's something that cannot be underrated or taught. You can't be taught to have that level of presence when you walk into an arena, seventy thousand plus people, and you can own every single one of them and have them in the palm of your hand. You are something special, and that's how I feel about the Undertaker. Yeah, and I totally understand because I feel the mm-hmm. same way about the Hurricane. The Hurricane is what got me into wrestling, and sure. when he returns at the Rumble, oh my God, did I scream! It was the <laughs> last thing I was expecting. I just heard right. "Stand back!" There's a hurricane come through, and I'm just like, "Yes, yes, yes!" But the only <laughs> one, like Austin, comes close to the Undertaker for you. The only one that comes close to the hurricane for me is Jeff Hardy. Oh, great shout, oh, Jeff! I love Jeff Hardy, and I'm sorry, but I've never gotten into Matt the way I have Jeff. Yeah. And, I don't know what it is. I just feel like I can relate to Jeff, his punk persona, especially from like 2008. Yeah, sure. He's, they changed his theme song, I think, when he returned in o, at the end of 07, because it was the start of 08 when he had that. They changed the rule set to the new one at the mm-hmm. time, or the HD set, as it's called, and he jumped off the thing onto Randy Orton. They changed his theme song, which is what's currently on my phone in my playlist. And it's the one he used right up till he um, left WWE in that cell match with Punk, which I was so dirty on. <laughs> but at least, yeah. he, at least he got an exit where the hurricane sort of just randomly disappeared. Right. Like he was on ECW and then nothing ecw went off the air and the hurricane was nothing and i was that's another thing that i was so dirty about um another thing i do want to bring up is bailey how do you feel about her heel turn Mm. complicated answer so first thing when it first happened and she got that chair and she gave that smirk to sasha and she was just wailing i was like Oh shit, they're gonna pull the trigger. Oh my god, it's finally gonna happen. We're finally getting rid of the hugger Bailey and we're gonna get a heel like a little Sasha Bailey duo. I can't even handle it. I'm so excited. And then she comes out on SmackDown and it's just like, oh no, I'm just being loyal to my friend. Like I'm still me, blah blah. And I'm like, uh no. I was so mad. But then I'm thinking about it, and as the weeks have passed. I'm really hoping they kind of dive into this. You know, um, I had this great show with Benji and Vanessa and a couple weeks ago about women's wrestling, and she brought up a great point. Nessa said that um, Bailey, yeah, and she made that great point about Bailey, about how maybe she's doing, like, you know, not all heel turns have to be black and white. What if she's doing, like, a little, like, psycho weird heel turn where she has this loyalty thing and she's like, well, I'm just being loyal to Sasha. And, like, I'm still a role model. You know, what's wrong? But she does heal things, but she doesn't see it as a bad thing. So that's why she didn't change her hair or her clothes or her music. And she's still, like, high-fiving kids because she still thinks that she's old Bailey. But she's morphed into this new, slightly kind of weird, not really sure what's going on Bailey. And she's like, if they go with that, that could be really brilliant. And I think if they could do it and do it right, I think that could be gold for her. Yeah, and yeah, I heard that, and I thought 
it's interesting. It was so, sort of similar to my take on it because I was discussing this with um, Kevin a couple of episodes ago from Brain Buster Radio also. I mm-hmm. had my contacts there and I love talking to everyone from Brain Buster. Heck yeah. Um, so I was saying to Kevin, is it really a heel turn? But the way I see it is she's still the same old Bailey. She's just loyal to her friend Sasha, like how I am to Seth, Seth would be to me, or how you would be to Josh and vice versa. This whole thing is just a character development. They're adding another trait to a character. Other than that, she's still the same Bailey. They've just added depth to her. Something that she really needed was depth. And mm-hmm. that that's my take on it. Right. You... It's a good take. Yeah, I was I... gonna say, do you agree with it? Or do you... Yeah, I I can see that. Yeah, I can, I can. It's just, uh, I I don't know if that I'm over it yet. Like my disappointment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I don't know if I'm over it. Yeah, she definitely needed a change. It's the hot, right. old hugger Bailey, and it was getting old, and it's not the fact that it was just getting old for the sake of getting old. It was right. she lost her hype in NXT and it's because they had a I don't even her weird on again off again feud last year with um, Sasha then she was in a tag team with Sasha where she was playing second fiddle Right. they had her feud the year before that with Alexa Bliss where she lost the championship because she refused to use a kendo stick, which then made me think, okay, she can't use a kendo stick, but she can use a chair. Right. And yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe that's just some character development that she's getting over her fear to stand up for her best friend. Yeah. That but, could be. That, yeah, it's a possibility, but it to me, that's my logic as... I used to say in the um, group chat of real world wrestling, I like to see things from a unique point of view. Absolutely. And that's a good thing, right? We always like to do that. Being unique is good. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Different perspectives help other people that maybe see something in a way that that they wouldn't have necessarily saw in the first place. So I'm all for that. And that's (laughs) why I don't just listen to one show of brain buster radio because I love that. I don't listen to many podcasts because obviously I have a very limited amount of time, but if I do, it comes from Brain Buster Radio. That's awesome. Outside of Brain Buster, I listen to it if I get a chance, but if it is Brain Buster, I make time for it. That's awesome. I've stayed up till two in the morning listening to um, Queen's Court. I've stayed up listening to Wrestling Reverb. I was up till 3.30 in the morning talking to Mags for Badlands and why we watch. And yeah. when, we, when we booked that um, podcast, I do a lot of night shifts. So the plan was to come home from the night shift at, say, 10, 10.30, have a shower, have some food, get ready, and then record at midnight. But uh-huh. then, and we booked this months in advance. I thought, yep, yeah, whatever, that sounds awesome it works for both of us and then my roster gets released a week before and i look at my roster and suddenly i've gone from doing all closes to doing all opens so now oh, no 
now I've got the night off, so I don't need to um, go to work and then whatever. I can just record the podcast. Right. But what had happened was I recorded till I knew it was happening. I thought, screw it. I don't screw work. I'm much rather record this podcast. I'll go to work tired because this podcast means more to me. And shout out to Mags because I mean, he gave me my first guest spot. I think it was back in July. I never guessed it on a podcast. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm so nervous. <laughs> oh, Mags like, is the best. And he was so friendly and so kind and he made me feel so comfortable and it got to the point i forgot i was doing a podcast and i was talking like i was having a general combo <laughs> and crazy basically we recorded well we were talking till about 3 3 30 in the morning and i had to start mm. work at 6 30 <laughs> oh you poor thing <laughs> and i had to go till four in the afternoon and thank what a god, long day thank god for coffee but, I mean, that's normal for me. Even if I'm not up recording, I can go to bed at midnight and I'll just lie in bed watching the network or watching Netflix till about three in the morning and then I get up and go to bed. And I finish at four in the afternoon then I just sleep till about midnight. And, or I'm, I function on minimal sleep like it's normal. Oh, God. God bless you <clears throat> because... If I don't get sleep, I'm a very cranky queen, let me tell you what. <laughs> I don't have that gift. <laughs> One more thing I want to ask you. Um, sure. You went to All Out and then you All Out Weekend with Starcast and GCW All Out, the pay-per-view. Yep, yep. You came home, you had bronchitis. Well, I want to <laughs> ask is how are you feeling? Are you better? Oh. Thank you for asking. Yes, as you can tell in my voice, I don't sound like death. And um, <laughs> I was, uh, it was rough, man. Oh my God. I, I'm feeling much better. Thank you. I'm finally feeling uh, like myself. It has gone away and I'm, I still have a lingering little cough, but it's no big deal. And uh, I feel normal. Thank you so much for asking. It was <laughs> not fun. I still podcasted though. So yeah. suck it. <laughs> I'm so glad you podcasted because a week without the queen would have been a week not worth living. Oh, you're so sweet. Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you were feeling much better. Thank you. Yes, finally. Oh, my God. What a... It was awful. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty bad. I had no voice. Yeah. I definitely appreciate you getting up as early as you did today. It means (laughs) the absolute world to me to have you on. So Aww. glad you made time for me, and I'd love to do this again one day. Come if you will have me back, honey, I will be back. It was my pleasure to wake up early. You've <laughs> stayed up late for me plenty of times, so <laughs> I'm happy to return the favor. And uh, what a yeah. blast! And of I course, will... we'll have to have you back at the court sometime oh, soon. Absolutely, I will get up early for the court again. I mean, <laughs> I'm I am not a morning person. When I got up that day for the court, the only thing that gets me up. At before midday is work if i don't Mm -hmm. have to get out of bed i won't i'll sleep through till midday other than maybe raw i might wake up for raw and smackdown i woke i got up at 7 a.m for queen's court i'm like yes i'm not (laughs) doing anything else so special alarm after alarm i'm like screw sleep i want to do this interview (laughs) 
I know. I was so thankful you did that. I was like, kept asking. I'm like, are you sure? It's really early. <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to say, remember, it was my idea. I, it was. It was. That's true. But I just wanted to make sure that you were good with it because it definitely yeah. is early. But I appreciate that very much. I originally said 7 a.m. And you're like, no, 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 let's do it at 8. I'm like, okay, we can do 8 a.m. I won't say no to an extra hour. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> But no, thanks so much for um, coming on. Do you want to tell all the listeners where they can find you if the idiots haven't yes. subscribed to you already? Tell them where they can go <laughs> subscribe to you. Thank you so much. Yes, um, you guys can find me on Twitter at the Queen of NE and on Instagram at X the Queen of NE. I have a show every single Wednesday on Brainbuster Radio called Queen's Court. It's super fun and exciting from a different perspective. Obviously, I'm a lady, so it's a little bit different than your normal podcast. And I am also. Uh, one half of the Queen and Pup Connection, my pal JPQ, no particular angle, is also on Wednesdays. So we have a fun little time together. And I'm also on DYWTSB, the Did You Write This Stuff Bro podcast with Pops and Mort. And that comes out every Friday. And I'm also doing the Queen and Pops experience, which are watch-alongs. We pick different uh, matches to do every single Sunday and we react to them live while we watch it and you can watch with us. So that's, that's it for me. And like I said, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. It has been an absolute blast. I, this is the longest podcast I have recorded. I have, (laughs) I haven't even looked at the time. Like we normally record maybe for an hour. I think we hit maybe an hour and 15 minutes with Kevin the other week. But I've had oh, such gosh. a blast. I wasn't even paying attention. I've just looked at the time. We've just hit a minute 40. Oh, sorry, an hour 40. Oh, my oh, gosh. Wow. It's really been yeah. that long? Oh, yeah. God. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a lot. <laughs> no, thank you so much. I don't w- want to take up any more of your time because I know you're a very busy person. Oh, please. I'm good. It's the weekend, honey. We're all set. No worries at all. Oh, exactly. It's nighttime here. I've got the whole weekend to sleep. I don't have to be back at work till 7 a.m. on Monday morning. Good for but, you. No, yeah. As I keep saying, thanks for coming on. Um, if you haven't followed me on Twitter or you don't know where to find me, I'm at Aussie Lucian, my co-host Seth. You can find him at Peggles underscore underscore. Um, if you haven't supported the Queen, listened to the Queen, seen the Queen, or heard of the Queen, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> this is go check her out, and I can guarantee you, you will not regret it. Um, if you've been following me on Twitter, you know we've just had um, wrapped up the fantasy tag team tournament where the Hardy Boys won it. They overcame the Usos, the New Day, the Undisputed Era. So if you've been voting on that, we've got some breaking news for you. This week, I'm not quite sure what time. I will update you all on Twitter. This week, we are releasing our new tournament coming out. But this time, we're going to do women's wrestling. And we're going to do the best in the world women's wrestler, where I will match up two different female wrestlers. And I will let all you guys vote on it. And it'll be a round of 32. And we will see who wins it. You got any Fine. picks on? You got any picks on who you'd like to see win, or who you think would win it? Oh man! Well, it depends on who you're putting in there. But I would love to see my girl Asuka or 
My girl Tessa Blanchard kicks some ass. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tessa's my chick. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> well, the tag team tournament was sort of surprising because I did not pick the Hardys to win it. I think I either had the New Day or I had the Undisputed Era or the Usos winning it. And there was... Right. Um, I thought maybe, if not them, maybe the OC or G-O-D. Because yeah. I thought they're some of the most... Or even like the Lucha Bros or Cody and Dustin. But some of these teams are getting eliminated in the first round. For sure. And I'm just like, what? And then I looked... I got to about the semifinals and I looked at it. And the teams that were getting the most votes came from WWE. And that's when I realized Undisputed Era wasn't going to win it because they weren't a WWE staple. And when the Usos got eliminated, the New Day, it sort of became obvious in the final the Hardys are going to win this easy. And I think they won by about 60% to 40% or something like that. 67, 33, whatever it was. Mm. But yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. The Queen, I've enjoyed chatting to the Queen. I've had an absolute blast. Next week, um, we have, if I be- let me check my book right in front of me, because I've got all my notes. 21st. All right, so next week, I actually go away. We won't be recording until the 19th. And our next guest is Foul from Foul Original, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you all next week or next episode when that gets released i'm going to talk to steph because i'm going away down for my cousin's wedding so we might record next weekend depending on how things go hopefully we do because i don't want to miss a week of recording i absolutely enjoy it yeah thanks for coming on queen Um, thanks for having me i hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and guys we will see you next week have fun (laughs) Oh! <laughs>